Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. Sponsored by Journey 333. That is a place of mind, body, spirit that helps you with fitness, coaching, and nutrition to look better, live better, and feel better. We produce these episodes every week for your enjoyment to help people to overcome adversity and live their dreams. Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. We're also the founders of Journey 333, which is the sponsor of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. We are a place of fitness, coaching, and nutrition, mind, body, and spirit, where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better. Today, I am super excited about the guests that we have on the show. In fact, I couldn't be more excited because he's actually part of the Journey franchise. We met this man in El Salvador when he was the head of a mission there. That's right. We went on a missions trip. We got to meet him. And he's, his faith is just evident everywhere in his life. He's the father of four. He came back home and decided that he was going to make the fitness industry his mission field. I can't wait for him to tell you all about all the bumps, bruises, and things that he's had to overcome to get to where he's at in his life. Ricardo Molinex or Richard Molinex, welcome to the show. Thank you. So good to be with you guys. I feel honored to be here. Yeah, well, I'm super honored that you are here. Thanks for making time for this today. So uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned that he's coming at us from Columbia City, Indiana. That's where he has his journey franchise. But uh, Ricardo, you know, I mean, that's an interesting story. I mean, that we met in El Salvador and now you have a franchise in Indiana which the journey franchise was first started in Elmira, New York. So, you know, kind of an interesting way to get from El Salvador to Indiana, <laughs> you know, like that's uh, yeah. Yeah. Central America, of course. How else would you get to Indiana from New York? <laughs> right. Yeah. We went from New York to Central America to now we've been to Indiana a few times. Uh, thanks to you uh, inviting us out there. Um, let's talk about how we met. Let's give the, our audience a little uh, a little lesson, you know, I mean, I can tell the first part and you can tell the second. So uh, we didn't know anything about missions trips. Uh, we, you know, I know you come from a family that has that history where, uh, you know, Cindy and I were just riding along one day with our daughter in the car and uh, she wanted to get baptized, go on a missions trip and read the Bible. And <laughs> we weren't even going to church at the time. So we were like, where did all this come from? You know, like, and uh, sure enough, we went and found a church that was going on a missions trip and and it's, uh, it was just very fortuitous, obviously, part of the plan that we would meet you. Uh, so uh, I'll let you take it from there, <laughs> where we show up in El Salvador. And, uh, you know, yeah. you can tell uh, our listeners a little bit about that, you know. I mean, that is, uh, to me, just shows not only the sovereignty of our father, you know, and his power to arrange every detail of life, but also it shows his care for us uh, because, you know, here you were where, you know, you weren't maybe practicing your faith like you had been before. And then your, your daughter becomes the spark for it out of the clear blue. And, you know, I just love it when you tell that story and you're like, I guess we better get in church, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I, I felt like there was a lot of accountability in that, you know, I mean, we've always been a spiritual family, always faith based, but, uh, you know, just one thing had led to another and we, we didn't really have a church at the time. And, 
And uh, I was actually doing our Todd Durkin roadmap. And I'm like, all right, hey, what's your big five for the year? You know, going around the car. And all of a sudden, our daughter says that. I'm like, uh oh. Next thing you know, we find ourselves in El Salvador with you. And, and to show just how serendipitous it was, uh, we, I, um, I had been an athlete, you know, like in high school, I even played a year of college football. I'd run a couple of half marathons. I ran a full marathon. And, uh, and then about the time my oldest son was born, I just got overwhelmed with life. Uh, and, and, you know, it just was, uh, you know, kind of turned into food as a coping mechanism. I wasn't exercising. I put on a bunch of weight, you know, and um it that was when i was 29 and uh you met me just a few weeks before my 40th birthday um and i had uh i had a friend of mine had come down to el salvador and he he was from montana and obviously it's not like man montanans get that close to the beach every day so he said i want to take my son surfing so we went down to the beach and went surfing and he stayed on the shore and he, he took some pictures of us and, you know, he sent me those pictures and I'm sitting on my couch and uh, looking at them and I am utterly disgusted. I mean, I, you know, I'm just down on myself. I had, you know, I, I, over the 10 years, I had gotten the weight down a little bit, I'd get, you know, and here I was back on an up cycle and uh, just, you know, that that kind of hopeless feeling like I cannot beat this I don't know you know what can I do you know just despondent and uh it was I believe it was that week but just to make sure because it's been several years now but just to make sure I don't exaggerate in any way it could have been the next week um mm -hmm. that that church that you found because they went on mission trips <laughs> That was the only qualification I was looking for. I need a church that's going on a mission trip, you know. Uh. <laughs> that church shows up, and they're going to do construction. And uh, I remember I'm giving the orientation, the welcome to El Salvador speech, and here's this bald guy in the back row that's just tracking with everything I'm saying, and he's <laughs> nodding along, and he's digging it, and comes up to me afterwards and talks to me, and um, you know, he starts talking about fitness and, uh, the, you know, the long story short is, uh, Travis, you know, here he is on this mainly construction crew that's going to build stuff. And he says, yeah, well, you know, I, I don't really even, uh, I don't even know how to work a screwdriver or a measuring tape. So maybe I could come give you a workout instead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that wasn't exactly the conversation, but you did end up coming it was to pretty darn close. It was pretty darn close to that, you know? I wonder if the listeners have ever been there in, your, in their lives, you know, and you're kind of disgusted with where you're at, you're frustrated, and, and uh, you know, opportunity is missed by most because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. All right, so Ricardo, let's, uh, let's pick up from there. Let's pick up from there, so... Well, this is a story that I love to tell whenever I get the chance to brag on you guys and how you have changed my life. Uh, so after a decade of being overweight and you you didn't just give me a couple of workouts there, uh, you know, you you went home 
and send me this email like who's the next trip coming down and i tell you and that group comes down from i think they were coming from montana if my memory's correct on that and they come down with two suitcases and they're like here a guy from new york sent you these and uh, i open them up and there's battle ropes and t-shirts and you know deflated yoga balls and i mean everything sandbags you know everything i need to work out at home and, and then it you know, somewhere in the bottom, maybe near the T-shirts or something, we had these uh, the little food journal. In those days, the food journal was paper, you know, a little booklet. And uh, so I start doing the workouts, and uh, I'm crushing them. Travis is sending me YouTube playlists. So I like to say that I was the first virtual customer because <laughs> this was <laughs> all the way back in 2014. And uh, sending me these playlists and I'm getting some Salvadorans and some other expatriates together and my family, my wife, my kids, we're all doing these together. And, you know, being the old wrestler, you know, I'm like a lot of my clients now, you know, okay, I haven't worked out this hard in 10 years, but I'm going to make up for it today, you know, so I'm, I'm crunching these workouts and getting headaches. And, and after a couple of weeks of this, I, uh, I, I text you because I think we were able to text with, with an app or something. And I text you. I'm like, man, I'm crushing these workouts and I'm not losing any weight. And he says, well, you remember that food journal? That was <laughs> yeah. Oh, listeners, can you relate? You know, come on, Overcomer Nation. Who, who's ever been there? I'm working my butt off and I go to the scale and I'm not losing it. Maybe even gained. Because, you know, here's how it works. You can't out-train a bad diet. You got to fix that, right? So, yeah. 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 Hey, you tell me. I forget if you said 70 or 80% nutrition. Like, 80% nutrition. And I'm going, that's a rip-off. That's a rip-off. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, you were the first virtual customer. We were able to, we were able to, how long did that go on that we were able to, you know, you were doing the workouts and I mean, that went on for, you know, a couple of years, right? Uh, well, you, you, yeah, you sent me workouts for, yeah, at least you're probably, yeah, probably, probably a couple of years. You sent me workouts and, and, um, impressively, you know, just the, the people that don't really know you that are watching this podcast. I mean, every day you had me text my food journal to you every day and every day you would text back feedback and you would keep me encouraged and I'd get down on myself and mess up. And you, you know, you would tell me things. And actually I, re those, those things you told me were so poignant that I actually use those same phrases from seven years ago with my clients now, because they, they had that big of an impact on me that I still remember them, you know, and through the course of that, you know, I lost 40 pounds, uh, which means I lo lost a lot more fat than that because, you know, my body really became defined and toned. And I, I started feeling good in my own skin again. I started, you know, actually not having to decide which clothes I'm going to wear based on what doesn't make me look too fat. You know, <laughs> I, got to, 
I stopped hiding behind my kids in pictures because I wasn't ashamed of myself anymore. And, uh, you know, and, and I have two steel rods in my back. I have a nine level spinal fusion, you know, it's about a foot long. And, uh, you know, um, I had had a, a, a miraculous healing experience in my low back, but you still have the aches and pains associated with carrying too much weight around. And those just went down, you know, and I started being able to not have to have help when we take the family to the airport with those 50 pound suitcases. I mean, I, I could do it before, but then I'd be all sore and miserable. Right. But those aches and pains went away. So when we talk about, you know, look better, live better, feel better. I, I know what that's like, uh, firsthand. And I tell people it changed my life. And, uh, that's why I wanted to bring it to Columbia city. Cause I just, I just loved what it did for me. And I, I enjoy seeing that same thing for other people. So it, it's truly a case of me giving what I have received. Yeah. So not only was Ricardo, one of our first, uh, virtual clients, he was our first virtual client. He also appears in our first book, which was Journey Fitness, shows his 40-pound transformation in the back. There he was coming up out of the ocean that day he went surfing, and then uh, a lean, mean machine on the other uh, photo split right there. Um, so, you know, really, uh, really takes me back, because when did this book come out? This was uh, 2014 or 15? 2015. 15, 2015, yeah. 2015, yeah. And we were probably with him 2014, you know, so, uh, Yeah. And then we came back again. We came back again, uh, you know, so we came back a second time because we loved what Ricardo was doing. In fact, you know, that is that's how we really want to connect with everybody that becomes part of our team, whether it be as a franchisee or any other way. Uh, We we connect in a heart to heart way, you know, sharing a common mission, sharing uh, some threads of core values. And and we were there and uh, we just love what you guys were doing in El Salvador, uh, just making a difference. You know, they were making a difference for people that had been displaced, you know, orphans, the hungry, uh, the homeless, uh, you know, we got to go and uh, visit that school. And some kids even slept at that school because they had no better home to sleep in than to just kind of sleep in like a schoolhouse. And, uh, and they hadn't been shown affection, and they wanted to be carried around. And uh, you could tell, you know, maybe they hadn't been uh, necessarily able to get access to a bath on a regular basis. And, uh, I remember when we were getting ready to leave, they asked us, they said, so, uh, you know, you've really blessed us. When are you coming back? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, well, uh, how about, you know, next summer? You know? <laughs> I, I didn't know what to say. It was summertime, yeah. you know, we were making an annual trip. I know the church we were traveling with said, oh, we only do this once every three years. So then I had a predicament because <laughs> I was like, I just told this kid that gave me this gift made with his own hands that, you know, I was going to come back. And, and we did. We came on our own and, uh, you know, got a chance to connect some more. And, um, and then, you know, all roads lead home. You know, you're eventually back home. Uh, you know, let's, let's talk about that, you know, because this show is about overcoming adversity. And I think that sometimes, you know, when we're going through things, we don't understand the plan. But looking back, uh, we can see that there really was a, a great plan for our life. Uh, so, um, you know, maybe if you could share a little bit about, you know, kind of coming home and, you know, getting to where we are today with you having your own franchise in Columbia City. Yeah, so uh, you're right. That is a story of, of overcoming, of, um, you know, not allowing life to, to defeat, defeat you, even when you feel defeated, you know, your emotions 
can be totally uh, just you can feel like you're in the pit of hell and you got to keep going right when you're going through hell keep going <laughs> you know right. it's not <laughs> it's not the time to stop and take a lunch break <laughs> let's get through this um and uh so yes uh as it turned out you know um my marriage was ending it wasn't my choice and it was a very very difficult um set of circumstances that was emotionally very difficult and um I had wanted to be a missionary. I actually spent um, a, a 10 years uh, preparing to go to the mission field. I mean, we, we went to a seminary, a graduate school, got a master's degree to be able to go um, and then prepared myself, you know, became ordained, became licensed in the denomination, you know, um, served in churches here in the U.S. as preparation, went through interviews psychological testing you know it was and then we went and spent a year in costa rica our first year was just learning spanish um and so to have that end um i, I didn't know that to be honest with you i really didn't know who i was uh you know i here I was, you know, I'm a father. That's a big part of my identity. And this is all I had ever wanted to do. And that's gone. And, you know, this, uh, my wife that I've made this covenant with, and I'm expecting us to grow old and die together and ne never, never having any idea that divorce would be in our future. I was, you know, um, I tell people that it, you know, during those days, it, it probably it, it, almost every day, I would think to myself, is this real? How can this be real? Mm -hmm. You know, it's just stranger than I could comprehend, you know. And um, I, I mean, I think someone could have walked up to me at work or something or in a restaurant and said, an alien spacecraft just landed in the parking lot. And I would have responded with, what color you know i mean it, it was just life was so bizarre that that would have been you know uh and so uh those were very difficult days and um i i really wanted to remain active in my my children's lives and be a father to them so i was uh, i'm in a state where you know fathers are not really seen as caregivers so you really really have to battle to to you know get that shared custody even though there's all the research that points to that being best for kids but um that's just not the way it is here and so i'm in that year-long battle and it was you know i'm finding a new career and, and having to learn to adjust to living on my own half the time and taking care of my kids by myself half the time and in a new town and don't know people and uh you know i'd say that prayer and exercise are what got me through um you know i'd pray cry out to god and, and scream and bawl and you know sometimes cry i'm not exaggerating there are times i would cry for 40 minutes straight and not like little tears i mean like you drop the baby on its head type of you know stopping yeah. and uh so that was a big and i would and i would go outside we had this little tree at the place where I was at the time. It was a tree, and I took that TRX you gave me, and it was hung up in the tree. And I 
had the bands and I drove a little piece of rebar into the ground and I'd use that as anchor point for the bands. And I'd go out when I just feel like I couldn't, couldn't deal with it. And I'd go hit a journey workout for 30 minutes and get done and feel like, okay, I can make it through the rest of the day. I'll be all right. You know, you know, there's, there's some good lessons here and I really don't want anybody that's listening to gloss over them. You, you mentioned that, you know, you're no longer going to be married and that you're no longer uh, doing what you went to school for and that you invested your life in. And, you know, we can lose our identity pretty quick. Identity is a, a very tricky thing. Uh, you know, like we sometimes think that we are what we do. You know, I'm a missionary. I went to school for it. I'm committed to it. I went all the way to Central America for it, you know, right? You know, we sometimes, um, you know, we, we have this kind of group association, you know, maybe we're part of a group or, you know, because we're married, we're, we establish ourselves as a husband or as the father of the family, or, or we think that we are what we accomplished, or we think that we are what we have, right? And all these things, I, I heard a good quote the other day, right? And it was like, if real life is infinite, then this is not real life, right? Like, you know, because we are, you know, going through a temporary experience in this world. And that is the, that is the true answer to who we are. Who are we in the deepest part of our soul? Who is that eternal being, right? And, you know, you have to, you started getting connected. And it's interesting that you even used it for therapy because you started getting connected to the things that inspire you and the things that you can be enthusiastic about, right? You know, so it's like, who am I deep down, right? Like to be inspired is to be in spirit, right? To feel enthusiasm, right? Like that's to feel like if you break that down into the Greek root words, it was like the God within was where enthusiasm came from. So you knew something that everybody needs to know. You said motion creates emotion. I, I'm, I'm feeling down in the dumps. I've been crying for 40 minutes. I'm going outside to the tree and I'm going to use the TRX and I'm going to work out, you know, and, and you know, like you push yourself into something that you're passionate about that could change the way you were feeling. And I mean, there's some really good lessons here, right? Like, you know, if you feel like you've lost your identity, who are you really, right? Who is that eternal part of yourself? You know, not the one that's thinking the thoughts, but the one that's watching the thoughts, right? That self that maybe you drive yeah. crazy sometimes, you know, um, that's, yeah, that's yeah. a really good lesson. There's some really good stuff there. And, and so, you know, you're doing, you're using fitness, you're using exercise to get through the most difficult time in your life. And it evolves into where you're helping people now get through some of the most difficult yeah. times in their lives by starting this journey franchise in your community, yeah. right? I mean, like, you don't go through anything significant yeah, yeah. unless it's going to be a benefit to others. So what you've used as therapy, you're not helping people. You may not even know it sometimes when you're helping them. You use it as therapy one yeah. way or another, you know? That's pretty amazing. It's really amazing. Yeah. So uh, sometimes I do know, I'll say this. Sometimes I do know because people will come in and say, I almost didn't come today or, you know, or, you know, work was terrible and you can see it on their face. And I'll say, you're going to feel better in 40 minutes. I guarantee. Yeah. And every time they do, they walk out feeling better than they came in, you know? Right. Yeah. right. Well, same for, I mean, obviously if you were, as depressed as, you know, you were telling us and you're crying and, you know, lost, broken, lost, all of that to force yourself to go work out, which probably isn't exactly what you felt like doing. Right. 
but you were like, I know this will make me feel better. <laughs> and like you said, once you were done, you were like, now I know I can get through my day. You know, it's the same for our, our members that, you know, whatever it is that's going on in their lives or however they're feeling or whatever stress is, is happening to them. They always do feel better if they can just force themselves to come and get that workout, you know, because then, you know, all, all the endorphins and, and plus you feel proud that you did it and, and, and internally you feel so much better and, you know, it, it, it lightens you. So, yeah, it's a it's a good, good little lesson for the listeners. Yeah. Like, you know, even when you're not feeling like it. Or you can come up with 30 excuses as to why you don't have time or don't feel like it. It will it will make your day better. Yeah. Sure. You know, you have to do that thing that you don't feel like doing so you can feel that way that you feel like feeling. Right. Yeah, you know, right. like or mm -hmm. or do those things that others won't so that you can feel the way that others don't. You know, like, I mean, there's a very inverse relationship with mm -hmm. exercise. Right. People hate the process, but love the results. Right. Yeah, for and, sure. And, you know, I just think that there's uh, definitely some motivation to be picked up from what you did during the most difficult time in your life. And, you know, you are amazing, Ricardo. You really are. I mean, we have never give up written on our walls and and you exemplify that mm -hmm. in, in so many ways. So let's let's also <laughs> clue in our overcomer nation about what's going on here. <laughs> you not only were going through a divorce and a custody battle and, you know, you're, you're battling with your own emotions. Uh, can we talk about when you decided that you would open up a journey franchise, the timing oh, no. that it was, right? I mean, like, come on. Uh, I mean, like, right? if I had known it, uh, you know, of course, we well, could have right. steered you away from it, but, uh, right. you so know. We're talking about overcoming yeah. again. You came here, for, yeah. you came here, it was Thanksgiving uh, 2019, you were here for training. Right. Uh, planning to open up. Came back yeah. around Christmas. Or right. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you had two, two visits. Yeah, you came to came twice. And then, uh, and then you're planning to open up in uh, January of yep. 2020. Does anybody that's listening know what happened in March of 2020? Right. <laughs> yeah. right. So planning on and did yeah. open in January and. Right. And then, then the whole world shuts down two months after shut. you have your opening. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is time where people that scary. open up a, people that open up a business, right? They're trying to like say, how long will it be till I get to break even, right? You know, because like I can't lose money forever, and I need to do that, right? And so, meanwhile, well, you're hoping that it will be within your first few months. You find out in month number three that the whole world's about to be shut down, right? You know, so it, uh, it is. Well, it did get shut down, right. yeah. yeah. Um, so let's talk about that uh, for all our, you know. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I mean, that that's that's intense. That's an, and you're still battling, right? You know, because you're still divorced. You're still fighting for your kids. And now uh, you decide now everything that you've poured into opening this business now is, in. is is shut down. Didn't you empty your savings account to start this business? So you, you decided, listen, I, my wife's trying to take my kids. I've already lost my marriage. I decided to take all the savings that I had and put it into starting a business. And now the whole world's getting shut down, right? right. I mean, like the world's getting shut down. Yeah. Yes. I mean, like and, what and was my that? father without just to add to that, um, my father, without me requesting it, as I was going through the process and those months leading up to opening and applying for loans and stuff and getting denied and finding ways to finance this, without me requesting it, my father came to me and said, you know, 
you're not you're getting turned down by the banks and we know that and we want we want to to loan you the money and so um so i had this sizable loan from my father you know and i had financed the uh you know the franchise fee to you guys so here's here's people i love <laughs> you know you can file bankruptcy but that don't you know that's not going to take away how you feel right you know, yeah. you know that uh i had promised to pay this money back you know and and yeah i mean i had a very conservative plan i didn't feel like my plan was you know overly ambitious and everything had to fall in place for it to work but I didn't put a two month shutdown of worldwide pandemic in the plan. I'll say that it wasn't that conservative. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. I know. Yeah. Those are tough days. So, so if you could, you know, during this, you know, what got you through as a business owner, as a brand new business owner? You know, I always try to give our audience tools, tips, strategies, mantras, you know, things that people did during the most uh, during their darkest hours, yeah. right? And, and these are dark hours, you know, uh, that you're talking about right now. Yes, sir. Now we've added, we've added a business shutdown to the plate. You got important people, uh, the most important people in your life. So some people think, oh, you know, you got a loan from family, big deal if you let them down. Well, there's a whole flip side to that. There are people like yourself that would rather let a bank down than somebody close to you that decided sure. to, you know, give you something. I feel the same way, you know, so, um, Let's talk about that. You know, how did you get through? You know? Yeah. Well, you said a dark time and uh, it was literally dark because, you know, people say, oh, well, the government gave away PPP money. And what you don't know is the way those loans were structured were based on your costs, you know, in, in the previous year. And, you know, some at a cutoff date there early in 2020. Well, I'd been open like two weeks and they're like giving you a payroll loan. It was like me and one part time person at the cutoff point. You know, I mean, uh, and I think they wouldn't even let you put yourself calculated into the, you know, I mean, it was, so it's not like the government just gave me some big fat check and I was going to be fine. You know, not by any means. I even didn't even get the first round. So now there's another factor, you know. Um, and so, yes, my anxiety was very high. Um, you know, I've, when you and I have talked about other people owning or buying a franchise, I say, you're not a franchise owner until you wake up at two in the morning from a dead sleep with your heart pounding, like you just got done working out, you know, <laughs> then you're a business owner, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it was literally a dark time because, you know, I would come in here and I would work. And I'd keep the lights out on the place except for the office and I'd keep the heat out and I'd have a little space heater and, you know, uh, uh, trying to keep everything to a minimum, trying to keep bills to a minimum, you know, and um, I will say some important things to answer you now to answer your question, some important things. Uh, once again, as had happened previously in my life, my mentor Travis Barnes comes through for me. He mails me a gratitude journal and uh, uh I, it's not like I had woke up to gratitude, like I'd never heard of gratitude before or anything, but that daily discipline of getting in there, writing down what I'm thankful for uh, and what happened that's good and, you know, um, and starting to make that a discipline process of I will be grateful. And that, that began a journey for me um, that, it, you know, to this day, right now, today, 
I will tell you, uh, you know, I'm not the fastest, I'm not the strongest, I'm not the smartest, you know, you can lift more than me, you almost certainly make more money than me. <laughs> but I am going to be the world's most grateful man. You know, I'm going to be grateful no matter what. And uh, so that that perspective of having that, that discipline in my life. You just said something that was super powerful. And it was, I felt like it was a quote from like, you know, when you read those famous quotes online, might've been some actor or athlete that said it, but you said, I'm not the strongest, I'm not the fastest man, but I am going to be the most grateful man. That, that is a discipline that you've developed. That, that's, that's awesome. Like, I mean, like I, I want it, I want it to be a quote that we uh, record from this podcast and write down because uh, people should read it and have the same goal. Right. I, I mean, if you want abundance in your life, you find what you look for. Look for the things that you're grateful for and you'll have more of it. You know, like that's the law of attraction at work. You know, like everybody gets like all wonky about the law of attraction, woo, -woo you know, or some movie or a book or whatever. But there's real stuff there. There's real stuff. You know what you you find what you look for. And if you can look for something in your day to be grateful it can help you get through a pandemic and a business shutdown, right? I mean, like, you know, and, and the rest of life when life gets tough, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, the master, our, my master uh, told us, it's in the scriptures, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light, right? And if your eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. And, the, and you just said the, the same idea in different words. You find what you're looking for. If your perspective is good, you're full of light. If your perspective is dark, you're full of darkness. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So then you, you got through the pandemic and uh, then there's never been another bump in the road since, huh? All smooth sailing. Yeah, just smooth sailing. We're just, <laughs> all the charts are up to the right. Well, you know, you, you did ask uh, another part B of my answer. How did we get through that? And uh, I, you know, again, uh, just give you credit. I, I don't know how many people know you this well on this podcast, but uh, you deserve credit for leading us through an enormously difficult time. Um, there's a book about President Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, after he was president, he and his son Kermit went on this expedition to explore uh, the river of doubt. It's now the Roosevelt River in Brazil. And it was at that time, it was an unmapped river. And uh, the, the Brazilian colonel who, who traveled with them, uh, they had a routine and every morning and it became a very harrowing, you know, President Roosevelt almost died on the trip, very near death, and uh, even told his companions to leave him behind because he, he thought them caring for him would, uh, you know, keep them from surviving. Uh, but every day they would wake up and they had a routine and they would, you know, make a stake in the ground and they would, you know, play the bugle and they would uh, have a, you know, a routine that they did every day. And, and that was just part of that anchoring routine to help them get through it. And that was a very important thing. And um, that, that just reminds me of how you led us through those shutdowns. You made us get online every day, 8 a.m. <laughs> and if somebody was there with their hat on and hadn't showered yet, you wouldn't let us keep the camera off. Okay, guys, turn those tiles on, you know. <laughs> 
And I, I know that had to be a pain in your neck. I, you know, I, I know that being the leader in those situations where everyone else is kind of ho-humming and dragging online and coming late to the meeting, that's not a fun spot to be in, but you kept, you kept playing that bugle every morning, so to speak, at 8 a.m. when we had those meetings. And then, uh, you know, I usually would uh, teach the evening or lead the, co-lead the evening virtual session that we were doing and, and that became an important part of the routine to see people and chat before and after and so those routines were another piece of how how we all got through it yeah well well thank you for that i had never heard that story on roosevelt before so that is a that's a powerful and, and inspirational story and i appreciate that affirmation um, you know i think it goes back to our core values that we all share uh, of overcoming and never giving up and uh, I never saw that one come and I thought that I was kind of shaping my own destiny as an entrepreneur and it, it was kind of related to how hard I was willing to work is how much I would get out of life. I, I never thought that I would be subject to like somebody telling me that I couldn't go to work the next day or that my business was going to have to be shut down for an extended period of time and based on people wanting to stick around is whether or not we stay in business and so uh, you know, uh, how do we keep on serving those members? How do we keep on being able to do what we love for a living? And so we all became TV stars through Zoom TV, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, all, all locations went under one virtual roof. You know, we all made it work. And it, it was, uh, it was uh, those times like that that really bond you uh, as a team and as a company. Uh, those were uh, they weren't all great calls, <laughs> you know, as you mentioned, but those were uh, those were great times because we learned that we were serving more than just ourselves. Uh, we've always been serving our members, but then suddenly uh, Corning, New York was serving Columbia City, Indiana and vice versa. Uh, that was, uh, you know, there, there's good that can come from everything. And, and that is one, uh, one good that came from that. You know, we grew closer and stronger as a team and, and we were able to serve each other's members and, and, you know, try to help each other survive, you know, uh, right. so that was that was really good. Yeah, that was really good. So, Ricardo, you know, you've lived a well. Of course, those what was that? Uh, of course, those meetings didn't always go well. You had a dozen people who were, uh, you know, under the stress of they might lose their their livelihood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, of course, we got a little alley with each other from time to time. <laughs> no, we were some stressed out folks. We were definitely some stressed out folks. I, I'm glad to I'm glad to see that uh, you know from the time of your shut down to you know where we are today that we're all still here and that we're all rebuilding you know so um i wanted to uh i wanted to ask you you know we've just outlined quite a path for people you know somebody that was willing to go all the way to central america and, and serve the, the poor needy homeless orphaned addicted uh all that you know uh and then you know uh, having things as they sometimes do not work out in a marriage and, and you know then uh you know becoming a single father and and trying to uh be a father to four and then opening up a business and then having uh the world get shut down two months two months into your business and not even qualifying for the help that the regular business owner that had been in business a little longer uh, would get and now as you as you go through life and and, and we know that we're either going through something right now or we will be in the future, right? Like that's just yeah. how life works, right? You know, you don't get to find, oh, good, I'm all done going through things in my life now. It, it just doesn't work that way. So now, 
as you go through life, you know, what would you, what, what words of wisdom would you give to our listeners about uh, just your approach to life? You've already given us a really good one on, on gratitude. Uh, I think that's really good, but um, you know, tools, strategies, mantras, uh, anything that you philosophies that you live by uh, things that work for you. Yeah. And, and those hard times uh, there, there are some scriptures that, that I cling to, right? you know, you said mantra, meaning, you know, what do we repeat to ourselves? And one of them is found in the scriptures. It's actually in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Right. And, and uh, I have to remember <laughs> that not all things are good. That wisdom, that ancient wisdom is telling me all things are good, but that I have a father who loves me and who will work it together for my good. Uh, and so to trust that there's going to be good coming out of this. And uh, one great example of that, um, you know, I got, I got through the divorce and I, over that year long battle, and did end up with shared custody. But then a couple of years later, um, you know, my former spouse, uh, you know, decided to go back to court and uh, was wanting to have full custody. And that was, uh, that was just devastating for me. I wanted to be in my kids' lives. I want to raise them. I want to eat breakfast with them. I want to say bedtime prayers with them, you know, not just they come over to my house on the weekends, you know, I want to be a life on life dad to them. And, uh, that that second bout was uh, over a two-year process and you know mediations and things and um you got the, what's called a guardian ad litem and without getting into the weeds on that they make a report to the judge and again i'm in a state where um you know, even even my own lawyer said, well, there's no legal presumption that the mother has custody, but she's, you know, she'd been in it for decades, but that's the reality, you know, and uh, so that report came back and very biased, and um, uh, that hit me so hard. Again, I'm rebuilding this business. Uh, it, it, it was growing at that point, but, you know, it, it certainly wasn't like, oh, it's just all roses, you know, I mean, we were experiencing some success and some good things happening, but there's still quite a bit of stress to, to go undergo in that rebuilding phase, and that report came back, and I mean, it, it leveled me, I mean, I, I happened to be at the same time, I had a, a undiagnosed hernia I was having lots of pain and I couldn't work out and the doctors uh, because it was an inguinal hernia you know higher up kind of closer to your belly button they weren't seeing it and so they uh uh you know they were giving me meds I didn't need and I couldn't work out you know so my, my number one my coping mechanism is even there and uh, it was just a, a another extremely difficult time and I to be honest with you, I'd kind of lost the will to live. I'm not saying that I was going to have a plan to harm myself, but I had lost the will to live. And uh, um, try, we got on the phone about some piece of business. And uh, I don't know if you actually really wanted to talk about whatever the business thing was, but then you're like, okay, Ricardo, so now that's done. I'm going to shut the recording off. And, and then you, in, in just utter humility and transparency, 
open up your story, which you've already told on the podcast of, you know, you being incarcerated with a long sentence and how that had that impact on you and losing you were in that same place. And you're willing to be vulnerable and soul to soul and, and share with me words that there's probably not a whole lot of people on the planet who'd actually been through it and could share it meaningfully i actually know what this feels like and here's what i decided to do you know not a platitude not a everything happens for a reason pat on the butt you know but actually willing to enter into that pain share your story with me and that was incredibly encouraging i mean that was a godsend that literal sent from god to help me when i most needed and and that shows all things work together for good because your 10 years of incarceration, here's a chance for you to share that with me and, and when I really needed it. Yeah, and uh, you know, I was thinking of the same thing for you uh, as far as just all that you've went through and the things that you're able to help people with now, um, you know, the how, how deep we can go is how deep we can go, right? I mean, it really is, you know, and, and you know, uh, it's interesting. We, we said something earlier in the episode And we said, if life is infinite, if real life is infinite, right, then this isn't real life, right? You know, and we were talking about our spirits then. And uh, I heard something on a a little podcast I was listening to not long ago. And it said that the memory of God returns to the quiet mind. Like, what if there was a conversation between you and God before you came here? And, And what if the conversation went a little something like this? Well, you know, well, God, you know, I, I want to help people that are really going through difficult times. You know, I want to I want to help people that are, you know, heartbroken and, and having family struggles and, and things such as that. Well, what, what type of training ground do you think that God would provide for you? You know, you're going to have to be heartbroken. You know, you're going to have to have family struggles, you know, because if that becomes your mission. Right. You know, and, and you know, here I was that day when you had had your t- your rights with your children taken away from you, you know, and, and I had to go through a time in my life where I had to accept what kind of father was I going to be? Because obviously from prison, I I could choose to be no father at all. Or I could choose to be, I could choose to cling to every aspect that I still had left. I could choose to write a letter every day. I could choose to draw a face on the pumpkin. I could choose to draw an Easter map or, or whatever. I, I actually thought about ending my own life when I was in prison. And I don't know if I've ever shared this on that, this podcast, but it was my daughter that really motivated me because I said, you know, even if I'm here for years and years until she's getting a license and she wants to come chat with me. And, and at the time, I didn't know if my chats would be even through glass or if I'd even get a hug. I said, I got to not be so selfish as to allow that to happen, right? I have to be whatever I can be for her from here, right? You know, and that's just available, right? You know, I mean, I'm available, right? You know, I may not have much rights to see you. I can't leave the walls of this prison. Or in your case, sometimes we just can't, uh, you know, the courts make certain decisions and we don't have the same freedoms that we had before and rights with our children. But I mean, then we have two choices, right? And we don't give up a journey, right? You know, so we never give up and we just, uh, we choose what, what we can be, 
from those perspectives. But like, you know, if I, the memory of God returned to my quiet mind, I guess I must've been asking for some big things too that I can help people with because uh, there's definitely been some difficult training grounds. And, uh, and for our listeners, if you're going through something difficult right now, that could be your training ground. You might've asked for it. I made a little post today on my Facebook page. It said, if things around you look dark, look again, you might be the light, right? You know, we're not always called to situations to have light. Sometimes we're called to situations to bring light, you know, and be light, you know? So uh, really good stuff, man. You, you've shared powerfully. Cindy, you got anything you wanted to add? No, I, I, I just, I, I like, you can't, you cannot try to help people through something that you have no experience in, yeah. you know, I mean, you may have studied it or have some sort of knowledge, but to really have that heartfelt connection. Um, yeah. You, if you've walked through it, then you can help somebody else get through it, you know? So I do think that's true yeah. that sometimes it's our training ground and, God knows we, you know, I mean, everyone goes through trial and tribulations, you know, and uh, I, I do think in my heart that um, it is to be used for good, you know, what, whatever we all go through. So. Yeah. yeah, so R Ricardo's been through it, y'all. You know, if, uh, if you have the family struggles, if you got business struggles, you know, if you got relationship struggles. If you just happen to be struggling to lose 40 pounds, you know, and right. you want to even learn how to do it <laughs> from Central America as a virtual member, you know, you can uh, you can talk to Ricardo. Ricardo, how can people uh, follow you or connect with you? Like, what's the best way to do it? I'm on Facebook as Ricardo Mullinax. Uh, you know, uh, the, the fun times we have here. I mean, obviously, you know, we're part of the journey, the overall journey uh, Facebook page to the specific things we do here and the people losing weight and, you know, us dressing up as, uh, you know, I dressed up as Bugs Bunny and coach Vicky dressed up as Elmer Fudd and ran around shooting me with the dark gun. You know, those kind of fun times are on our uh, journey Columbia city Facebook page. Uh, <laughs> so those are pretty easy ways to get a hold of us. Well, putting the fun and functional fitness. Thank you for doing that. And we look forward to having some of your members on the show too, to talk about their transformation. So Thank you for being on here today. Thank oh, it was a privilege and an honor. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Overcomers Podcast sponsored by Journey 333. When I am not hosting the Overcomers Podcast, I am working at one of our fitness franchises so that I can continue to help people overcome adversity on a daily basis. That's right. People come to the Journey 333 fitness franchises because they want a coach in their life. They want somebody to help them overcome the adversities of life, motivate them to higher levels of greatness, bring out their potential, help them lose weight, get off medications, fight depression, fight anxiety. That's what we do on a regular basis. If you feel like you want your life to be about helping more people to overcome their adversities, if you feel like you're an overcomer and you want to create more overcomers, then maybe owning a Journey 333 franchise would be for you. To find out more, go to www.journeyfitness333.com.